We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Transformative Principle 44 with Mike St. Pierre. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Transformative Principle this week. I've got a great interview with Mike St. Pierre, and I think you're really going to like it. He talks about some great things like strategic planning and how he gets people gathered together behind a common vision. So I've been doing this podcast for 45 episodes now, getting close to a year, and I have learned a ton. I hope you've learned a ton also. What I'd like to ask you to do is to take a survey to help me understand how I can provide a better podcast for you, those who are listening to it. Just go to transformativeprinciple.com, take a couple of minutes, take the survey that's right there on that landing page, and give me some feedback about how I can make this show better for you. Well, thanks, Jethro, for having me on the show today. I uh, really appreciate it. My name is Mike St. Pierre, and I'm the president of Morris Catholic High School here in Denville, New Jersey, so a little distance from Alaska. And uh, so we have a president-principal model, and uh, I've served at Morris Catholic for the last, uh, this is my sixth year, and I've been in administration now for just under a decade. Uh, so we're a Catholic high school co-ed, a small school. 400 students. Um, and uh, it's amazing. You know, like your work, it's uh, no day is the same. No two days are the same. Uh, certainly has its challenges. But um, as I say to our teachers, you know, I get to do this. Uh, it's a privilege. So um, that's that's what I do. I'm married uh, 16 years. And my wife, Karen, and I are blessed. We have uh, four little kids, uh, all in the, under the age of uh, 13. Awesome. That's great. So tell me a little bit about the uh, president-principal model. How does that work differently than a, a typical principal of the school? Sure. Um, this uh, model is used by maybe about 55 or 60 percent of the uh, private or in Catholic uh, high schools around uh, 
the United States. And um, it initially started to allow the principal to do, you know, the most important things of a principal, uh, helping teachers, communicating with parents, improving the quality of instruction, things like that. And unfortunately, a lot of, in a lot of private schools, principals were getting sucked into a lot of other things like fundraising and facility maintenance, things like that. So um, the, a lot of the Catholic high schools went to this president-principal model to really just free up the principal to focus on his or her most important things. So in our school, um, that's pretty much how it works. So you know, I, I guess I might be the top of the uh, org chart, but really a big part of my job is to keep things off of the principal's desk so he can focus on helping our teachers. So uh, I, I focus on finances of the school, facilities, long-term planning, uh, faith formation of our students, um, strategy. We have a board of trustees, so I interface with the board of trustees. And, um, you know, we kind of like to joke that uh, Rob is our principal. He's, he's in the house and, and I'm in the outhouse. Uh, so he, he focuses on uh, the day-to-day things inside the walls of the uh, school and, and, and then I focus on the things outside of the walls of the school. Okay, cool. So um, regardless of, of what type of model a school may have, we are often asked to wear um, different hats. Sometimes those are focusing more on the inside. Sometimes we need to step in and, and even your principal um, consults with you, I imagine, on what what you're doing to make sure you guys are aligned and giving the same sure. types of information, right? So Absolutely. T- yeah. So tell me about how your um, your long-term planning works. What kinds of things are you are you looking for? Are you only looking at things not related to instruction or is instruction part of what you're doing as well? Um, good question. So f- for me, the only piece of instruction that I would really quote unquote touch is helping to recruit talent to our school um, and then get their feedback as to how the school can can do better. Um, otherwise, everything related to instruction is on the principal. Um, so, you know, the principal and I, we have a weekly one-on-one meeting. That's every Monday. But we're talking every day, multiple times a day. And it's really convenient for us because our offices are right next to each other. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you really got to like one another because we're kind of roommates. And uh, I've been really, really fortunate in that every principal I've had, uh, we've had a really good understanding that, you know, I don't want the principal's job and I don't think the principal wants my job. So that makes it really clear. And it makes it also great for teachers because they know, they really do know and understand what our two roles are. Um, so it's, uh, it's like a marriage and you got to work at it, but, uh, I guess, you know, as they say, it really is all about communication. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what other aspects of the long-term planning are you looking at? So we have a, a strategic plan, uh, which covers uh, the next three years and that's everything from the academic aspect of the school to the financial planning of the school facility, long-range planning of the school, um, our current capital campaign. And uh, one thing we also did in this last plan was we built a whole section on what makes us unique. So we had a team of students, teachers, parents, and other stakeholders, and their whole task was to look at what might differentiate our school 
from some of our competitions. So we have, it's a very densely populated state and our particular county is not exempt from that. So we have some fantastic schools right close to us. And um, that's, that's a blessing and a pain in the neck at the same time. <laughs> it really does force us though to be excellent. And so we have to be really clear what makes us different from one of our competitors. So, um, you know, that piece of strategic planning really involved everybody because we had to all agree what, what are we going to be about over these next three, three years. And certainly the principal, you know, he had to really love the characteristics and qualities that we eventually identified and then really all agreed to. So, you know, because it's not just, hey, we're going to add a uh, I don't know, an aspect of STEM or it's not that, you know, our, our world language program needs to be better. These are really qualities and uh, characteristics of the school that are going to be um, pretty transformative, we think, moving forward. So, you know, the principal really had to have a big hand in that. Yeah. So how did you, um, how do you conduct those, those sessions where you get people's input and you talk to them and and find out what they really want. Get down to the details of how that actually happens in real life on a on a meeting to meeting basis. Hmm. Well, that's a good question. Um, we we involved a lot of people in a very organized manner. Uh, so you know, we first started with looking at the good, bad, and ugly of our school. So a good strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats assessment. And, um, you know, we had to really put on the table, look, these are the couple of things that we're really not that good at and we need to get better at. And then we were also able to identify, we're also able to identify, um, these are the things that we're amazing at and that make our school really pretty special. Um, so we had an outside facilitator. We had an initial uh, group of, of uh, stakeholders who were part of the team. And we, we did it a little differently this time. We had a huge group, and then we eventually whittled it down to a much smaller group who could really help us get clear. Uh, and then we broke ourselves out into the various teams um, who were <laughs> – got a three-year-old here. Uh, we broke, yeah, we broke ourselves into the different teams um, that would ultimately create the plan and identify the initiatives and objectives that we would commit to. Uh, so, you know, the whole process did take us about nine months. Uh, and then eventually we, we wanted to get the, the buy-in from all of our faculty members. So we asked every teacher in the building to, to sign off on the plan. Uh, and if they had any concerns, we, we wanted to know what those were. And so they had a chance to, to vocalize those. And then it went to um, our board of trustees who approved it, and then ultimately to uh, our bishop. So uh, it was it was quite a process. Uh, not gonna lie, I was kind of happy when it was over, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think it, it really showed us that slow slow produces a better product, even though we all want it to go fast. Um, but uh, so that's that's kind of how it all all went. And then we were able to kind of package it and brand it and and build some nice pieces around it. We uh, I would say one of the highlights of the the process was involving students, and so students were part of every working group. Uh, in the end, students were part of the the video that we used to to uh, promote the plan, as well as a podcast of students talking about what was so cool about the plan. And I think for those students, uh, that was a pretty fantastic experience. I don't know of a lot of schools that 
you know, involve students in really high level meetings about what the school was going to be about. Yeah, that that's great. Um, so there's a ton of stuff that you talked about there. And I want to ask a couple of specific questions. How did you make the decision to whittle down to a small group from a huge group? What uh, what decisions were were intended in that? What and did people drop off because they were no longer interested in participating, or had they had given enough? How did you determine who was going to be in that small group, and how did you communicate that to the stakeholders? That's good. Um, so initially, we when we were in the brainstorming process, we wanted a huge uh, swath of folks. So we invited all kinds of people, and we the people that we really really wanted there we made sure that they had personal invitations. And then there were plenty of others that we gave what I would call kind of a soft invitation. And if they came, they came. And if they didn't, they didn't. Um, so that already took the list and kind of shrunk it down. Then as we started to ask for more of a commitment from different folks, again, some people self-selected off of that. Mm -hmm. um, so it, believe it or not, it sounds kind of strange, but sort of organically, it was okay. Now, that's different from how I, I'm doing a strategic plan right now with my kids' school, and it's really different. It's a much smaller community, and we're looking at a smaller window, small, smaller school. So we started with a small group and then let that group uh, interface with bigger groups, but then always come back to the smaller group. Um, so that's been a tighter process just because we could afford to have it that way. Also because I'm the facilitator, so I want to kind of keep it uh, as organized as possible. Whereas in at the high school, we had an outside facilitator, so I kind of just let him take the lead. And um, the spots where he wanted an intentionally smaller group, uh, we, we were able to do that. In terms of how we communicated it out to folks, um, People on the outside really didn't need to know who was the team, but certainly to our teachers, you know, many different parts of the process, I let them know, you know, Mrs. So-and-so and Mr. So-and-so, you know, they're part of this and here's why. Okay. Um, so you talked about getting personal invitations to those that you really wanted there. What did mm -hmm. those personal invitations look like? Was that a phone call, a letter addressed directly to them? How did that work? Uh, yeah, definitely a phone call or an in-person uh, conversation. And, um, you know, it's basically, look, we're looking for a particular set of gifts. We think you have those gifts. Um, here's what the commitment would entail. Here's why it's a really important role for our school and our future. Um, you can say no, that's okay, we'll still be friends but we'd love you to consider it. You know, So I don't want to say we guilted them into it, but... Right. Uh, so Catholic schools are really good with guilt. Uh, so, you know, most people said yes. A few people said no. But you know, we have to eat our own dog food there. If we really mean that they can they can say no, then um, that's okay. You know, I'd rather somebody say, "Yeah, I can't do that commitment on the front end," than halfway through say, "Gee, I'm, I'm in over my head. I can't help you here." So, uh, it was really okay, and uh, we've I've been pretty fortunate. I mean. Most people I ask say yes. Uh, when they say no, there's always a good reason. And, you know, we're all big people. It's okay. Yeah, totally. So you you talked about people having specific gifts that you wanted to to have as part of this strategic planning. How, how did you determine who you wanted to be there more than other people? What kinds of things were you personally looking for 
in that? Well, ultimately, we wanted a group of people who would be team players, um, were loyal to the institution, were smart and creative and could think outside of the box, and would give us variety. So we just didn't, we, we, we always want to avoid groupthink. And, you know, if you get all English teachers or all phys ed teachers, you just aren't getting a variety of, of uh, perspective and insight that you want. So, uh, yeah, variety, team players, people who are really committed to the school, um, uh, just good-willed people, good-natured people, and also people who had enough time and space in their life at whatever place they are in their life that they could do it. So um, there were some people who are just really high-level executives who are already busy but could fit it in somehow miraculously. Mm. Then there were other people who you know, maybe didn't have as much formally on their resume, but they were just great, great team members. And, you know, it was easier for them to, to find the time and space. That's, that's awesome. Um, one of the things that we, that in the schools that I've worked in is trying to get a, an adult involvement that is representative of our student demographics, making sure that, um, people who's, students who are minorities or English language learners are that their parents are involved somehow. Do you have um, any tips or ideas of how to, uh, how to make sure that people who might not be asked to come and be involved, how to get them involved? Well, I, I think you've got a great approach there. It sounds like, um, it, I think a, a committee is a really great opportunity to like test somebody out uh, for maybe a role that you might want them to have um, a few months down the road. Um, and something like for us, the strategic planning process definitely was that. Um, we wanted a variety just like you, you guys have uh, racially, um, ethnically, financially, um, it really everything, you know, even just like grade levels of, of, uh, of students who are representative, re were represented. Um, and so I don't think I have any like secret, uh, secret tips there, but more just, you know, if there's an honest attempt to give representation, uh, and especially one that's, that has variety, I think that's, you know, usually that works out. And, and for us, that's worked out pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, I think it goes back also to having that personal invitation, you know, it may take that, that connection on the phone or in person to say, we want you here, you have these gifts that we need, that uh, I think, sometimes we, we are afraid to do because of the, um, the language barrier or the perceived differences between us. But I think that personal invitation and that personal touch is really valuable and important. So I appreciate you including that. Sure. Most people just aren't asked, you know, I right. mean, they're just, they're so busy in their really busy lives that they figure, well, if nobody asks, I, I've got plenty of other things to do. And I, I found most people are kind of flattered. Um, and they, they say, wow, you want me for this? Like, mm. that's a big responsibility. And, and then it always goes well, and then afterwards they're just real evangelists for the school. Yeah, that's that's pretty powerful. Um, you talked earlier about one of your other job duties, and that is faith formation of your students. Will you talk a little bit about what that means? 
Well, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate because, you know, in almost every aspect of my job, I have people around me who do the, you know, kind of frontline work. So for example, we have two bookkeepers, we have a tuition manager, we have a head of fundraising. So I'm interfacing with them all the time on those things. Um, but they're really doing the, the heavy lifting, right? Um, in terms of faith formation, um, again, we're really fortunate. We have a chaplain, we have a campus minister. So I know that they're going to be overseeing the day-to-day operations of, you know, if we have prayer services, if we have a September 11th event, um, I just know they're, they have that on their radar. Um, they might consult with me and I know that I could always give them my two cents. Um, but on the big things, I want to make sure that, you know, the people that we hire are, are in alignment with our value system as a school. So, you know, there's, there's certain questions that you can ask that are both professional and also kind of mission based that get at a person's motivation for wanting to work in a Catholic school. So that's really important. Um, and even, you know, when you see something, whether it's a coach or a teacher that that's not in alignment with the mission, that's really my job to make sure who, whomever is supervising them, that they address it in a professional and charitable way. Um, I think too, just in terms of our, our priorities and commitments as a school, uh, I see my role as, as one of those that whether it's our strategic plan or our budgeting process, are we being faithful to our mission as a Catholic school? And it doesn't mean we we're spending all of our money and all of our resources on faith formation, but we better not be paying it um, lip service at the same time. So, you know, it's kind of just keeping the organization in line with our most important priorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is a really important thing. And I think all schools can relate to that. Even, even public schools, we want our students to grow up and be good citizens and productive members of society and, and be able to have values. And while we're not, um, you know, adhering to a specific religious standard, we are all trying to help our kids be the best kinds of human beings that they can be. So that's something that, that we as um, public school educators need to be aware of as well. And I know there are all kinds of schools around the country that do different things to help their their students have those good values and all that kind of stuff. So absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And yours, you just have the fortunate ability of of all speaking the same language with that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. You know, we have we have a vocabulary that um, they're pretty familiar with, and so when we do things as a school, they're not really surprised, but. Every public school teacher that I know, they're all good people and they're in education because they really care about kids. And so they want a a community around those kids that really helps them be the best version of themselves. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher. And please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, 
improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master's schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.